Good morning and welcome to the first Sunday of 2022. Glad to have you guys here with us at Rock Hills. Those of you watching online as well. I don't mean to brag, but I haven't missed a single Sunday of church all year long. And neither of you guys, so give yourselves a round of applause. I have to get in every dad joke I can whenever I get the opportunity. We're truly glad that you guys are here with us today, though. And if you're ready to connect as we move into this new year, I encourage you to zap the QR code or you can uh, see one of our volunteers in the back at the Connection Center afterwards, and we would love to help you get connected. We've got several different groups that are going. If you're looking for ways to connect outside of the Sunday service, uh, it'll help you grow and walk in your walk and your discipleship throughout the year. And so I encourage you to do that uh, as well as maybe you would consider starting one of those groups. Maybe you're ready uh, to help people grow in their faith or just get together with people and fellowship. So if you would like more information about that, feel free to see uh, me about that, and we, we would be happy to help you get connected. also want to let uh, any of the guys know, if there's any guys in here that would be interested in this, I'm starting a devotional uh, this year called Core 52. Uh, it's 52 weeks of understanding the scripture, and uh, so if anybody would like to join me for 2022, a whole year of growing the scripture, please see me uh, afterwards, and I would ha- be happy to get you connected with that, and uh, we'll grow together this year. Some other things coming up. Uh, We have students. Our student night is in two weeks, uh, led by Johnny Young. Johnny, stand up and make a fool of yourself so everybody can see who you are. Johnny does a great job with our students, uh, so I encourage you, if you have any questions about that, see Johnny after the service, and uh, we'd be happy to get your students connected as well. I want to thank you guys uh, for your faithful giving because you helped us finish 2021 strong and we're looking at going into 2022 uh, for a great year this year. Uh, You can give in uh, three ways. You can give physically in the back in the giving box. You can also do that online at rockhills.com or you can text to give at 84321 and select Rock Hills. Today after the service, we have baptisms, which sounded really good yesterday afternoon, right? I mean, when you were all ready to go to the swimming pool and then you woke up today and uh, it's a little different, but uh, we are trying to keep the water as warm as possible, filling it up with hot water back there, thanks to John Lewis. So if it's not warm enough, uh, he's the man that you get mad at. Uh, But uh, we do have some people who have decided, hey, this is a year for new beginnings, and they're going to be baptized after the service. If you're interested in being baptized, we do have changes of clothes uh, in the back, and you're welcome to join us as well. This is the reason we exist as a church, not so we can gather together and sing some songs and pat each other on the back. We're here because we genuinely, even though we're frail people who have messed things up in our lives, we want to love God, love others, and help one another, and help people find and follow Jesus. And that is the whole reason we're here. And that's the reason we want to start 2022 strong. And there's no other place in the world that I would rather be than worshiping here with you guys at Rock Hills this morning as we celebrate God's faithfulness and move into 2022. We come here today with uh, the spirit of hope. Believing that God can use all the things that you and I have faced in our lives to bring about His good 
in our lives. And so as we move into this year, we're anticipating God's movement in our lives. He takes the struggles that we've been through, the frustrations and the victories, and he can use all of those things to build our faith in Christ. So that being said, we're here to step into a new year and celebrate this new year. You know, there's many ways that people step into the new year. You know, here in the United States, a lot of people go to New York and see the ball drop or just turn it on your TV uh, and watch it that way. But around the world, I looked this up, there are a lot of different ways that people celebrate. In Siberia, we've got a picture here. This is actually a picture of our baptisms. Uh, No, actually in Siberia, people jump into a frozen lake to celebrate uh, the new year. In the Philippines, they sleep with their windows and doors open in order to ship out all of the negative from the last year. Hopefully it exits through the window or the door. Uh, In Russia, they write their wishes and they burn them and then they mix the ashes into champagne and drink it, preparing for the next year. In Germany... Uh, They have donuts filled with fruit jelly. That sounds wonderful. But they also fill some, just as a little trick, with mustard and onions, which is one of my son's nightmares, Uh, you know, to determine whether you have a good year or a bad year. Uh, Overall, around the world, people walk into the new year hoping for a good year. There are many ways that people do that. Being people of faith, believing that God cares about our lives, and wants to work within us, we enter the new year with prayer, with faith, thanking God for new beginnings. His word tells us that his mercies are new every morning. So we thank God for what he has done, and we thank God for what he is preparing to do. It's about faith. It's not about good luck. Even those who are being baptized today, it's not because... I'm hoping for good luck this year. I think I better get baptized. It's believing that God can take our broken lives and he can put all the pieces together to make a masterpiece. So it's with that faith that we enter this new year. On that note, let's begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, our prayer today is that we would put our focus on you. And in doing that, Father, that we would realize the pressure is not on us to become a better person. Lord, our hope and trust is in you, that you are working in all the details of our lives. Lord, today we pray what it says in John 3.30, that we would decrease so that you can increase in our lives. Lord, let there be more of you and less of us. In Jesus' name, amen. You see, it's not about what I can do. It's about what can God do in your life this year? How can he work in you and through you this year? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 says this, I planted a seed in your heart and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's, important, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is is that God makes the seed grow. Rock Hills, God wants to work in our lives to use us 
without the glory being on us, without the spotlight being on us, that we would plant the seeds, that we would water the seeds as we love God and love others, but that we have faith in God, that He is going to do the work that transforms us and that transforms others. It's not because we are good enough. It's not because of us. It's often in spite of us. But we continue to strive with faith, knowing that as I seek after God, He is going to be working in all of the details. I'm thankful for you all as we enter into 2022 who braved this cold day coming out and joining us. Or those of you who got up and you're watching online in your comfortable pajamas, we're not jealous. We're just saying we're glad you're joining us here today. Uh, as, As we gather together to start the year off as a church community, we re- we're reminded why we're here. This is not a social club, but it's a community where we come together in expectation and anticipation of what God is going to do. And so I encourage you to continue to pray throughout today, thanking God for what He has done and anticipating what He is going to do. I encourage you to pray, where is it in your life that you need God's help going into this next year? Whatever your story is that has led you to this place in your life, that has brought you to this community here this morning, the victories and the heartbreaks that have been your story, that have brought you here, I don't believe that it's any accident that you're here today. Whether you've been coming here for years or maybe today is your first time, it's a part of the journey that God is leading us on. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that this journey that we are on is like a race. Not a sprint, but a long, methodical race where we're keeping pace with what God wants to do in our lives. It's a steady marathon that we're on. You may be thinking in your head, Adam, you don't know anything about marathons, and you would be correct. I have run exactly zero marathons in my life, but I know some of you in here who have run marathons. And so today we're going to look at this analogy uh, that the writer of Hebrews gives us. Because even though I haven't run a marathon, I can guarantee you it's a long race. And in that, there will be moments where your body begins to ache, when you feel tired. There may even be moments where you feel like, I want to quit. This is just too much. There may be times when you fall. There will be times in the midst of that marathon where it helps to hear the people that are cheering you on. And that is the church. Together, as we're on this journey, we gather together so that we can cheer one another on. In the midst of our failures, when we're tired, when we want to quit, we were never meant to do this alone. We were meant to cheer one another on. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The writer obviously implies here, There are going to be times in this race, in this journey that we are all on, when you will grow weary, when you will want to quit, when you will lose heart. So as the writer of Hebrews cheers us on, he's writing this to the early church, people who were facing great persecution. It wasn't just that they were having a bad day. The people that he's writing to are gathering together to worship like we are now And risking their lives to do it. And so as he writes to them, he's cheering them on. He's telling them, don't give up. Keep going. Our races and their race, the journey that we're on, are unpredictable. And there will be obstacles. But he will enable us to run with perseverance as we lean on him for strength. I was reflecting the end of the year, moving into this year, and I was thinking, I've been doing this for a long time in different forms. I've been youth pastor, college pastor, associate pastor, lead pastor, and in that time, over the last 25 to 30 years now, I've seen a lot of people who have run the race, and I would say that's my greatest joy as a pastor, is to see you all running the race, living the life that God has for you. We don't know where God is going to take us, but it's amazing to see what God will do with our lives when we trust in Him. I've been able to see moments where God has moved in families, where God has healed the broken, where God has helped people to overcome addictions and find purpose in their lives. I've seen people be able to live lives that serve others. I love watching people run the race that God has for them. I've been able to watch numerous people and be a part of their ceremonies as they got married and God put people together. I've also been there in those hard moments where people have passed away, but we celebrate the race that they have completed. God has a race for every one of us. He has a journey set out for our lives. And I love watching people run that race. And that's my prayer for all of you in 2022. You're going to run the race that God has for you. But just as true as I love watching people run the race, my heart is broken when I watch people who fall down, who quit, who give up, on the race for legitimate and tough reasons, but they don't get back up. They don't have anybody maybe cheering them on to get back in the race. Starting the race seems like it uh, is the difficult part, but really it's not. If, if you've ever set a resolution, hey, this year I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to start running, starting is not the hard part. It's, you know, 
10 yards down the street or 100 yards down the street or two miles down the street when you think, oh, this was a bad idea. I should not be doing this to my body. Keeping going to remain faithful and steady, that is the difficult part that the writer of Hebrews is talking about here. We often start the year with good intentions, but as we know, life has a way of knocking us down. The New York Post had an article about online buying habits at the beginning of the year. And what a drastic change there is between January and February. February is dramatically different from January. In February, alcohol sales go up 40% from January. In February, ice cream sales go up 15% from January. In February, pizza sales go up 35% from January. In January, we often have good intentions. But by the time we get to February, those good intentions may not last so well. If you've ever been there, you're not alone. Because good intentions will grow weary. The writer of Hebrews began by saying this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Key word I want to focus on there is the therefore, because it echoes back to chapter 11 before it describes this community that's cheering us on. Therefore, he's saying what I just said in chapter 11. When in chapter 11, he talks about these heroes of faith, great people that we've heard of in the Bible. He talks about Noah. We all know that he built the ark, but what you may not know unless you look deeper into scripture is it took him 120 years to build the ark. Noah lived a long, long time. So 120 years to build this ark in a land that had not seen any rain. God tells him to build an ark. Everybody says that he is insane. He's lost it. There's no reason to build a boat, certainly not a boat that big. But Noah is trusting God. He could have easily grown tired and frustrated and given up. The things that you and I face in life, there will be times when we get tired, when we want to give up, when you're waiting on the rain, but the rain is not coming. Noah continued to have faith. And in your life, you may be trying to represent Christ to others in your family or at school, and you just think they're a lost cause. I just need to give up. We're reminded of Noah who says, keep going. Keep living a life that shines a light to others. Be an example to others. You've been trying, praying for your family. Noah would remind us, don't quit. Keep going. Be faithful. You've never been closer to seeing God do what you're praying for than you are right now. He reminds us of Joseph. Earlier in Joseph's life, he could have easily thought that God was against him. First of all, he thinks God's for him because he has this dream, but then he ends up in slavery and he ends up in prison. It seems like his whole world is crumbling. But in the midst of all of that, God was working for Joseph's good. And 
The writer of Hebrews is cheering us on saying, no matter how it may seem, remember God is working for your good. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, God can be trusted. God will take the broken pieces of your life and put them together. No matter how unqualified you may feel, it's not about your ability, but it's about God's ability. Sometimes those voices in our head, probably like Joseph had or Noah had, can get so loud that we don't hear the crowd cheering us on, saying, go, go. The Spirit of God speaking to us, saying, go, keep the faith, keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting in me. This wasn't an easy race for any of those early believers Hebrews says in chapter 11, verse 36 through 38, some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. Speaking to the early believers who thought that if they followed Christ, it was the way to go, but it cost them everything. Literally their lives. Sometimes we think that we have it hard, and I don't mean to belittle the challenges that you and I face, because we face things that are difficult as well. But this letter is written to believers in the first century who are literally saying, God, whatever it takes, whatever it costs me to follow Christ, I am in. The writer of Hebrews says, we weren't even worthy of these people who sacrificed everything to follow Jesus. In Hebrews, there's a common phrase that the author uses multiple times. It is, let us Meaning together we are cheering each other on that this was never meant to be done alone. Now, we are supposed to have a personal walk with God. You are supposed to pray and read your Bible and have your own relationship with Christ. But it was never meant to be alone. You see, in the midst of our weaknesses, we are supposed to gather together so that we can cheer one another on and run this race Together. The second part of chapter 12, verse 1 said, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. There's a great resolution for you in 2022. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We read that one verse and we often Lump it together. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. But there's a distinction there. There's two different parts that he separates. And it's a subtle distinction. But the first part is get rid of anything that hinders you. Anything that's keeping you from God. Anything that hinders your relationship with him. It's not even talking about sin yet. Just anything that distracts you. Anything that challenges you for your heart. What is it in your life that is a hindrance 
to you loving and knowing God with all of your being. It may just be something in your head or in your heart, something you let consume your time. How often do I find myself doing this? I'm not saying that phones are evil. I'm just saying, what is it that hinders you from running the race that God has for you? Sometimes we just need to adjust the things in our lives. What adjustments do you need to make this year? They're just time wasters, attention suckers that steal from our lives. The second part of that verse is get rid of everything that hinders and also the sin that so easily entangles us. What is it that keeps tripping you up in your life that is just there easily entangling you? When we decide to follow Jesus, there are things in our lives that we convince ourselves they won't slow us down. This is not that big of a deal. And you've probably told yourself that year after year after year. Maybe 2022 is the year that you need to say, this is no longer going to hinder me anymore. It's not going to entangle me anymore. And I think we need to begin with what the writer says here and call it what it is, sin. What is the sin in your life that entangles you? The writer goes on to get pretty serious about it. In verse 4, he says, In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. He sounds to me here like one of those old school football coaches, right? I don't see you bleeding yet, boy. Get back out there. He's saying, you need to resist it, not just casually. Not just say, hey, you know what, 2022... I'm not going to do that anymore. Or I'm going to start doing what I should have been doing. He's saying you need to be serious about it. Maybe you talk to a trusted friend, a spiritual advisor in your life and say, this needs to change in my life. It may not seem like a big deal, but it has been entangling me for years. I want to overcome this in my life. Resist it to the point of bloodshed. I'm not... Saying that we, you need to literally bleed, although these people in the first century, they face that kind of opposition. But I'm saying maybe it's time that we get serious about it. There's a, an actual category of clothing that has developed a, a new term over the last few years that personally I'm a fan of, but it's called athleisure. It is athletic leisure clothes. You'll notice athleisure just has a little bit of the word athletic and all the word leisure included in it. Uh, It's comfortable, right? It's workout clothes with no intention necessarily of working out. Uh, Like I said, I'm a fan. The amount of time that I wear running shoes compared to the amount of time that I actually run, there is a vast difference. We like these clothes because they're comfortable. Working out is uncomfortable, right? There's a difference there. 
when it comes down to it, I'm going to look like I do it without actually doing it. At the end of the day, all I did, the only effort I gave was I got dressed in some athletic-looking clothes. Our spiritual lives can be dangerously close to this concept. You see, we want to look the part. We want to sound the part. We want to have enough of the concepts of God in our homes that we feel like we're doing the Christian thing. We want just enough that it seems like we're doing it, but we're not actually running the race. In 2022, God is asking you to run the race, not put on your running shoes and go sit on the couch. How is it in our lives that we need to make an adjustment to the things that hinder us, the sin that entangles us, where we're not just dressing up to play the part, but we're actually running the race. As a church, I'm asking us, let's put on our track suits. Let's put on our running shoes and let's be people that aren't just Christian by name, but we're people who are living it day after day. We're hitting the streets and running the race that God has marked out for us. Let's not give up on what God has for us. He would say back in chapter 10, verse 25, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, cheer one another on. He's saying that's why we gather, because here today we're running that race together. Let us not forget that we need to do that in our lives. We need each other more than we realize. I understand the church is not perfect. Rock Hills is not perfect. The pastor is certainly not perfect. But together, we are running that race. We're here to pick each other up. We're here to cheer each other on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul talks about what keeps him going. He says, it's Christ's love that compels us. Why even run the race at all? It's because of the love of Christ who has reached out for you, who has called you to a new life. And that is why we run the race. I do. I want to encourage you in this. It is not guilt that compels us. If your Christian walk is based on guilt, you need to do better. You need to be a better person. You need to stop doing this. You need to start doing that. If that's what you think Christianity is, it's not going to be a race that is worth running. We will all quit. It is the love of Christ that compels us. If your race is based on fear, if I don't do this, God is going to punish me, curse me. We won't run the race that God has for us. We run because of the love of Christ. And I want to encourage you today. There is nothing that you have done, ever done, that has stopped God from loving you. There is nothing that you have ever done, no where you have ever been, that is keeping God from saying, I want to work in your life this year. He is a God of restoration. He is a redeemer. Everything that has been broken, He wants to bring healing to. He knows what you're facing and what you're going through. And God 
wants to work in your heart, in your life, in your mind, in your family, in our community. God is calling us to run the race because of the love of Christ that compels us. We don't run it for Christ. We run it because of what Christ has done in us. His love for us is why we run. It's why we gather. It's why we cheer one another on. Here in just a moment, we've got several people that are going to be baptized. Guys, you think about I mean, we just read about these people who risked their lives to follow Christ. We got people today who on this freezing cold day have said, I will get in a tank of water to declare that I have been made new because of the love of Christ. So we are going to cheer them on. I encourage all of you who can stick around to stick around. We're going to give them time to change. And if you want to be baptized today and you weren't even planning on it, we've got a change of clothes back there and you can join us. But today we run this race. We've got several people who are going to say together, we're cheering them on as they say, I will run the race that God has for me. Baptism, I describe it this way, like my wedding ring that I wear. This wedding ring doesn't make me married. It's a symbol to all the world and to myself and to my wife that I have entered into a covenant that God has put a blessing upon this marriage that I am committed to my wife for the rest of my life. Baptism is a symbol to the church, to our family, to our friends. It doesn't save us. It's the cross of Christ that saves us. But it is a symbol to all the world that once I was dead and now I am alive in Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Because of the love of Christ, those of us who are not runners are invited to run the greatest race ever. And Lord, there will be times when we want to quit. There are going to be times when it's hard. But Lord, your spirit cheers us on. And we are enabled to run the race that you have set before us. God, as we enter into 2022, help us throw off everything that hinders us. Lord, help us get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us. Because of the cross of Christ. Because of the love of Christ. Would you take just a moment? Would you lay before the cross of Christ today those things that hinder you? That distract you? The sin that so easily entangles you? Would you welcome God into your heart and your mind that you might run the race this year? And maybe it's for the first time that you need to begin in the race. You can pray a simple prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to die for my sin, that I could be a new creation. Forgive me. Make me new. Make me whole again. I welcome you into my life. I surrender all that I am. 
I want you to be Lord. Father, today, we thank you that even though we are not worthy of running this race, you have set a race before us. And Father, we want to live for you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.